I was meant for the stage I was meant for the curtain I was meant to Hello and welcome to episode number 133 of Their Giants Podcast. I am as always your host, Roger Munter, and it is always a great thrill to me to have uh, today's guest, Joe Rizzo, uh, the voice of the San Jose Giants, the voice of the San Francisco Giants. Oh, goodness, <laughs> joining me. Joe, how are you doing? Um, uh, yeah, you're, you're, with the, you're with the little club this weekend, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks as always for having me, Roger. Yeah, it's Week to week, almost day to day in a different place. What's it like? What's it like going back and forth between the two levels of play? Do you have to like recalibrate your eyes uh, <laughs> from from game to game? Uh, there was a play here in San Jose two or three days ago. There was a, a steal at second base. And I don't know if the guy was out or safe, but I saw it live and I went, oh, that's a blown call. And I'm sitting here going, oh, they'll review it. No problem. They'll, they'll fix it. I mean, wait a minute. Where am I? There's no instant replay here. They, so. they don't do that there. Yeah, no. Every once in a while, I have a moment like that, but uh, it's fun and I enjoy the back and forth. They just they just get together and talk things over. That's what they do. Um, well, it seems like it's certainly been a really fun year uh, uh, starting the season. Uh, my goodness, that San Jose team is just like a blurry of, of, of hits and runs and, and comeback wins and craziness. Um, I, I, you know, time will tell what, what the talent level is there, but the fun level seems to be off, off the charts. What's uh, what's it been like following them so far this year? It, it is. It's a really fun team to be around. I think what they've been able to accomplish offensively has been a surprise to a lot of people because they didn't open the year with all of these top prospects like we saw certainly two years ago or even last year when you had some of the star power uh, kind of lineup. Uh, it, it's a, just a bunch of, of guys that, that play the game the right way. They're a, a joy to watch. They're never out of a game. And uh, at a level like this where, you know, just putting the ball in play uh, forcing a mistake, you know, you're going to have a lot of success. And, and this team has a lot of guys that, that will, will force the issue. They run the bases exceedingly well, uh, better than I think I've ever seen from a, a team at, at this level. Uh, I think the, uh, it gets thrown around a lot in baseball and in sports, but the chemistry, the camaraderie, I mean, it, it really is notable with this group to where, Again, they never do feel like they're out of a game. They hold each other accountable uh, in the dugout, in the clubhouse. There's a, a lot of, of leadership with this team. And one of the things that our manager, uh, Jeremiah Canoxted, has mentioned to me a, a number of times is the, the in-game adjustments. He's just floored with how this group, and he's talking specifically about the position players, about how they're able to make those adjustments at such an early development stage in their careers to where, you know, they're, they're picking up on things themselves, whether it's what a pitcher is doing and how they're, they're working a hitter or, or working specific hitters or how he's holding runners on or, or whatever it may be uh, to where the, something like that is happening every night that, that really is, uh, a joy, I think, for this coaching staff to see and be a part of, and it has translated into a club that is winning a lot of games when maybe that wasn't the expectation, at least from the outside coming in. 
Yeah, I mean, you certainly didn't have a lot of uh, a, a big prospects. Most of on the uh, pardon me on the position player side and the pitching. Well, since you started with the offense, we'll start there. Um, you know, the guys who came from last year's draft were all kind of lower rounds, a little bit older of a veteran presence, which certainly helps at that level. And then you've got this group of sort of very young international players coming up, um, which is kind of the typical low A uh, mixture. Uh, it's always hard to tell from from a distance kind of who's really standing out um, of that group. You know, who are the guys who are grabbing your attention uh, this year on, on this offense? Well, one is, is the guy who was just promoted. I mean, yeah. Carter Hall was the uh, the one that just ignited this lineup. I mean, it, it's a San Jose team in a hitter-friendly California league, leading the league in hitting and runs. And I mean, that's just not, it's never happens here. Uh, and and to have that be the case two months into the season, you need a good leadoff guy. And and Carter Hall was that, uh, just just a gamer up there and and such a dynamic player too. I mean, his final week here with San Jose, he had an inside the park home run, right, uh, showing off that great speed. And then the very next day, he stole home, and, and it was a straight steal where you know he's at third, and and the third baseman's kind of off the line a little bit, and pitcher's not paying all that close of attention to him, so he just took off and, and he stole home, and he got in pretty easily. So doing stuff like that um, is obviously what put Carter Howell on the map here in San Jose and a fun story because with division two school and I know he yeah. hit there, but obviously the level of competition wasn't anything to write home about and wasn't even drafted, but you know, you have a, a two months like he did here. It, it puts you on the map. And I think he was the best pure hitter on this team and, and maybe in the Catholic, uh, these first couple of months. So uh, I'm curious to see how he does in, in a high a, you know, he's not that top prospect, so He's got to prove it on every level. And if he does, then, then maybe he could really turn himself into a, a prospect uh, in this organization. So that's certainly certainly one for me. I, I look at the young kids, too, uh, up the middle. You know, what Diego Velasquez has done as a 19-year-old, one of the youngest players in the league. Uh, he's always had those bat-to-ball skills. That yep. has been even in his first couple of years in Arizona. Uh, and now, you know, he's starting to drive the ball a little bit more. He's He's contributing from both sides of the plate. And uh, and he looks very comfortable uh, here batting at the top of this lineup. Jose Ramos might not have the uh, the hitting numbers yet because uh, he did slump quite a bit in May, but a, a really fun player that the organization is very high on, obviously, because they skipped him over Arizona. I mean, he went from the Dominican here yeah. to California League, a really, really high baseball IQ. I mean, he is... He is a sharp player. He is on top of everything. And even if he might struggle a little bit offensively, he does not carry that out into uh, the defensive side of things, which is huge because he's a shortstop. He's the captain of the infield. He's the best shortstop on this team. So I, I think the numbers will turn up for him a little bit in the second half of the year and at the end of the season, you know, it'll be there. He'll have a nice have a nice year. But he's an exciting player up the middle with uh, all the things that he can do. So, I mean, that, that's just a few guys. I mean, there's a lots of others. I mean, you got five <laughs> or six players that are top 10 in the league in hitting. You've got, you know, O'Neal Perez is his catching. He, a cannon for an arm. He and Zach Morgan are doing a great job handling this staff. Uh, Tanner Otremba's hitting the ball. Uh, uh, Matt Higgins, headed power bat. Uh, he's having a lot of success. When you're leading the league in just about every offensive <laughs> category, or two guys and that's definitely the case right now here in san jose the the carter howell story is kind of fascinating to me 
last year in the Giants organization at, at all the levels, uh, and uh, this conversation I've had with uh, Dennis Belfry a little bit, um, you saw tremendous power, but lots and lots of strikeouts. It seemed like there was a power-driven sort of offensive approach uh, at, at several of the levels. This year, it feels like contact is everywhere in this organization. Howell kind of fits in with that Wade Meckler style of play, which obviously um, set everybody in, in Eugene aflame and, and, and even has gotten up to us in Richmond. Uh, it's really fun to see these guys who put the ball in play, make contact, run, you know, have great instincts on the bases as you talk about. Uh, and and Howell and Meckler seem to have kind of brought that energy to this club. Um I want to go f- just focus on the defensive side of some of these equations. Uh, Howell obviously has been playing center field for you. You talked about Ramos as shortstop. Velasquez has seen some shortstop and some uh, second base. Now you've got Rodriguez kind of in the mix, who's another one of those shortstops. Um, are guys standing out to you on the defensive side the way, say, you know, last year you had Grant McRae and, uh, you know, and some of the previous years, Louis Matos the year before? Who's kind of jumping out to you with the glove this year? That's a high bar with the players you mentioned. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like Alastair Arteaga, I mean, he looks like a big right. shortstop. I think Jose Ramos could stick at the shortstop position. And if 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 the bat allows him to move up through the system, then, then I think he'll be a shortstop uh, as he continues to move up. So he's definitely one that stands out uh, to me uh, on this team defensively. I think second base is probably Velasquez's spot. I know they're playing him some at short, and they love to have that versatility. Uh, But he strikes me probably as a a more natural second baseman. I'll go to the catching position as well. I think O'Neal Perez, I know some of the the pass balls, they need to cut down on that. But but he he really controls the game for this this group behind the play. Both he and Zach Morgan. Maybe you expected a little bit more with Morgan because he's, he's an older guy, and he caught a lot. At, at, in college at, at a big school but uh i've been really impressed with with the catching positions as well and and yeah carter Howell handled center field well not sure he's going to play a ton of center field in eugene <laughs> as long as he's on the same team as grant McCurry. right but but he can he can play all three outfield positions it, it is it's just it's a it's a fun group they're they're fundamentally sound they're just kind of they're kind of a throwback group where they they just have a bunch of solid defenders they have a bunch of hitters that put the ball in play. They again, they run the bases really well, and uh, it translates. It translates to a lot of wins, and and I I hope that a lot of these guys maybe turn themselves into into legitimate prospects as they continue to move through the system. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Um, O'Neill Perez game kind of reminds me a lot of the uh, a guy you just had last year, uh, Adrian Zagaste. Very similar kind of big arm, uh, good receivers, and and a lot of contact skills. Uh, not necessarily power, but they put the ball in play a lot. Is it? Does that seem like a fair a fair comp to you? Yeah, and I think uh, the, the power will develop more for O'Neill Perez as as he moves up. I think the bat-to-ball skills for Perez even a little better than Sugaste. Maybe wow. he doesn't have quite the the power yet that Adrian uh, has shown, especially this year with what he's doing in, in Eugene. But, uh, you know, O'Neal Perez, it, you get, a lot gets thrown at a guy. You're, you're catching here at the full season level for the first time. He He's only, he's only 20 years old, but has become a, a real team leader for this group. And I think it's nice to be able to have somebody like Zach Morgan as well. So you don't have to, to lean on O'Neill Perez to catch 
even four or five days a week, they can kind of split the duties. And, and Thomas Cavello is also learning how to catch. So right. normally an infielder, but but he can slide in as well as a third guy. So it's it's a good rotation. It's a good mix. And uh, O'Neill Perez is definitely one that that stands out to me. You know, as a younger guy, I think he'll probably be here all year. And uh, and I think has a chance to put up some real nice numbers when it's all said. I'm glad you bring up uh, Zach Morgan, because anybody who reads my stuff knows that uh, we are very pro Fresno State uh, at, at their Giants. Um, I, I heard you. Uh, I was listening to the game. I don't remember if it was last night, sometime this week, and he was playing first. and And you were saying that he's he's actually eager to play more positions because he was quite versatile in college. Is looking forward to uh, to moving around. Um, one of the things you have on that team, which is pretty cool, is a lot of local kids. If, uh, if I can drag Fresno into local, there are a lot of kids who are from not far away who I assume have family and friends uh, coming to games a lot. Um, is that, do you notice that that kind of like helps, helps this group, you know, gives them a little more you know joy to be or put some, some more joy in their step that there are so many people that are connected to that fan base and that community, uh, and that area. Uh, yeah, I don't think it, it, it doesn't hurt. Uh, I think it, it can go both ways sometimes. Cause maybe you start feeling a little more pressure because you're, you're playing <laughs> in front of all these people that you know on a, a nightly basis, but it hasn't been reflected uh, <laughs> with the way I have performed this year. I think the Giants just generally, you know, as an organization have had this philosophy these last few years that that they will go after a lot of local talent, whether it's, you know, through free agency at the major league or minor league level or or in the draft. And, and I can't ever recall a San Jose team, you're right, having local players. I mean, what Gavello's a an East Bay guy, although I think he grew up an A's fan, but, but he, oh, he well, forgive him. Yeah. He's a, he's a Danville guy and he went to school in Stockton. You mentioned Morgan and, and Kachel's a South Bay guy. Kachel was telling me, you know, Fresno state, of course, Kachel was telling me the other day that, you know, he grew up these games here with the San Jose giants. And he was one of those little leaguers is like a nine-year-old <laughs> right, right. got to take the field with the team. He said it was actually like Buster Posey's year. I, that he got to you know run on the field and Buster was out there. I don't I don't know if he was with Buster or if he was with one of the other fielders, but you know pretty cool that 12, 13 years later, whatever it is now, now he's uh, actually playing for the San Jose Giants. Will Kempner's another guy, yeah, uh, on the mound who who grew up in San Jose and and played on this field uh, while he was in high school. So it, it is cool to have that that local flavor. And I, I enjoy catching up with the guys to talk about their experiences here. And that is an amazing story about Kachel. Yeah. I, I just think it, it must be fun that, you know, Kempner can take all of his teammates to the, the, his favorite local haunts and show them the best restaurants in town and things on the off day. Yeah. Um, I, I asked, Will, I like, do you live at home? And, you know, cause he grew up right down the street. He said, no, no, no. Uh, I only go home when I have to do laundry, but uh, otherwise stay in the apartments with my teammates we, we have of too much course fun. <laughs> okay well we, we we got off on on the hitters um uh, which which caused my rundown to to get all messed up because i was gonna start with the pitchers um so let's move ourselves to the mound um pretty amazingly two months ago you started with a pitcher who has now we know been moved up to richmond who i'll be seeing this week uh which is just a remarkable climb uh in in two months i i don't know as much as you 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 do the giants game did you actually get to see any of carson wisenhunt before he before he left town what two starts i think i saw his last start the one in fresno uh, a morning game 
where you just watched him pitch and he's like, oh, this guy shouldn't be here. And and a day later, he, he was in high A. <laughs> it was almost like the changeup was too good because it, it it wouldn't force him to develop his other pitches here. Right, at right. I mean, it's a major league changeup, I think, that that he that he features. Somebody in player development told me uh, right after he was promoted, so this was about a month ago, promoted the first time, and they thought – and I think still think that Carson Wisenhunt might be the best pitching prospect in the organization. I'm like, wow. Like, well, we all know who was widely considered the number yeah. one pitching prospect in the system right now. Uh, he's that high. They're, they are that high on Carson Wisenhunt, obviously, because he's now bumped up a couple of levels and his numbers in Eugene were even better. But yeah, he 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 has that look of a guy that, that could be a, a big league starter, maybe sooner rather than later. Obviously, the changeup we all know about is a, a plus-plus offering. And he's added fastball velocity this year. And yeah. I probably didn't see him last August when he first came to San Jose at his very best, right? Because he hadn't thrown a whole lot. He missed that last year in college. Now he he had the full offseason. He had a full spring training. And in that last start in San Jose, the last time I saw him, I mean, it was sitting 95, 96, touching some 97 and when you can do that and you can spot it to both sides of the plate from the left side with a plus plus changeup, uh, you're going to move up pretty quickly. And obviously yeah, you are. That and, and if that breaking ball becomes a legitimate third pitch for him, then uh, then look out. He's got the look of a, of a big league starter one day. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what he can do against this level of competition. Because as you say, when you have a pitch that good, you you it's hard to develop at the at the lower levels because the comp- the competitor in you wants to get guys out and you've got the weapon that can do it. So you're not necessarily developing your other pitches. So it's going to be really fun uh, to watch him pitch uh, at a level that's maybe more deserving of his skills. Uh, I'm, I'm incredibly excited to see what he's, he's going to do. Um, so, so that was your first sort of big guy on the mound since he has gone on. He, you've now replaced him in the last week or so with uh the only guy the Giants drafted in front of him, uh, Reggie Crawford. And of course, he's on a very different uh, um, p- blueprint plan uh, uh, time frame. Uh, the Giants are being very cautious with him in the wake of uh, not only a, a lot of missed time from Tommy John, but just not having pitched much in his career. Uh, but it sounds like what you have seen of him has been pretty exciting. Yeah, it was just what this week, um, my first look at at Reggie Crawford and uh, it, it's, it's an easy 96, 97, even 98. I mean, the, the ball comes out easy, nice, uh, uh, nice mechanics out there on the mound. And, uh, another guy who, who has the look, and we talked about Wisenhunt where he's got this plus plus change up and it, it was a pitch at this level that he could just sit back and rely on whenever he needed to get out of a jam. Well, with a fastball, it's the same thing with Crawford. I mean, it, it, it's a pitch with, with late life, it just jumps out of his hand. Uh, and I kind of had to remind myself watching him pitch here the other day that this was only the second time he's ever been on as a professional. And you mentioned his lack of experience as a pitcher in college. I mean, not only missing all of last year on the mound because of the Tommy John surgery, but even before that, I mean, something like 20 career innings if you put college and summer ball. So yeah. just scratching the surface. Uh, for what he might be able to do as a pitcher. But uh, left side with mid to upper 90s already, I mean, that's a great starting point. 
And uh, when when you hopefully can develop the the secondary pitches, and, and he's got, I think, a pretty good changeup. I don't think he gets enough credit for, for the changeup that he possesses. Obviously, the slider's a, a hard breaker, and and he he was getting some swing throughs with that in particular, and us in Modesto. Uh, it's a great jumping off point. They're going to be very, very careful and cautious with him. It sounds like uh, he's going to be on this two-inning plan for, for quite a while now. Yeah, uh, They've been limiting him to the, the two innings, these first couple of starts, and that'll probably stay the same here for, for quite some time. So so he'll be here. He'll be on that two-inning plan. He's going to pitch every fifth day, and uh, it's just about Healthy this first year, right? Staying healthy, staying on the field, experiencing professional baseball for the first time, and then uh, maybe as you maybe you get towards the very end of this year, or certainly next season, uh, you start to let him loose a little bit more, and and it wouldn't be a surprise if he really starts to shoot up the system as well. Yeah, I mean, he's just such a, a such an athlete. It's rare to find not only that kind of velocity from a left-hander, but that kind of a athleticism from a guy who is as big as he is. Um, when he, like a year ago now, when he was going into the draft, one thing I think you always heard about Crawford was he just got huge scores for his makeup and personality. I don't know if you've been able to interact with him much, uh, in his time there, but have you gotten a sense of the, of, of, of that side of him? I haven't interacted much with him yet personally, but I have talked to a lot of people about, uh, Reggie in the last couple of weeks, because it was known that he'd be coming here and. And now, of course, he is here, and and yeah, it, everyone talks him up in that in that sense. Uh, uh, the, the the character, the the intangibles, just kind of off the charts, and uh, and he's going to fit in great on this San Jose team because that's I think what this group is all about right now. And and sometimes you never know, right, with those first round picks, the top prospects, uh, you know, coming here to a, a single A level, how you kind of react to that. Uh, no problems whatsoever there with with Reggie Crawford and and uh, I can't wait to see where he. Curious to see if he's going to hit a lot here in San Jose. You know they they are listing him as a two way player. He did DH once in that uh, in that first series, but it, it does sound like pitching is going to be the focus. Obviously, he's not going to hit hit on the day he pitches. Sounds like he's not going to hit the day before he pitches. He's not going to hit the day after he pitches. So that kind of leaves a, a, <laughs> a, a small window, maybe of one, maybe two days a week, maybe where he can DH and get a few at bats. But uh, at least as of now, the the main focus seems to be seems to be on the mound, and I look forward to getting to know him here a little bit in the coming weeks. Yeah, that was you. You answered my next question because I did wonder how they're going to uh, work in the hitting. And I know uh, uh, Kyle Haynes had talked to me about you know the pitching was the focus. They're going to work hitting around the pitching plan. Um, but I'm sure he he loves jumping in the in the batting cage on those uh, those extra two days and showing the guys what he what he can do with that yeah, power. The, the, the ball jumps off the bat. That's for sure. The power is very real. He does get some reps. It'd be fun, obviously, to see him develop that side of the game too. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the the arms don't end there. You've had quite quite uh, quite a group of interesting arms. Uh, one that's um, 
really jumped out at me uh, from much further down the draft than the than Wiz and Hunt and Crawford is is Hayden Birdsong, who I heard last summer that he was really lighting it up in, in camp, um, and uh, you heard that in spring again. But he has come out and and I think proved that on the field. Uh, quite a run from the six rounder uh, from Eastern Illinois, who basically didn't even start at college, uh, has looked like one of the best starters uh you guys have had what have what have you uh what have you been seeing from mr birdsong yeah it, it it looks like a big league arm to me uh that's for sure and also a guy who's just starting to kind of scratch the surface about his potential because you're right he, he didn't pitch a ton in college a year in junior college and then eastern illinois he was a relief pitcher and he kind of has that relief pitcher vibe because he pitches out of the stretch right uh, exclusively uh, even as a starter here in San Jose, but but it's a it's a pretty easy ninety four to to ninety seven, and he's got uh, a couple of different off speed pitches uh, the the curve the or slider that that can both be put away pitches for him and and the numbers speak for themselves. I mean we're here the first week of June and I mean he's pretty about two strikeouts per inning still. Now he can still run into those moments, and he had that that last start where he just dominated through two innings. It was six up, six down. You're, you're in pitch going, but the stuff like this, he could probably get big league hitters out. And then he comes <laughs> out for the third inning, and he walks three hitters in a row. And you know that that's part of the deal here at, at this level in particular. So still learning refinement, and uh, and learning how to pitch through situations. At maybe when the command leaves you, and, and it has at times this year for Birdsong, but it is a great arm. It is premier stuff, and uh, I, it's just a great find, I think, for this scouting department in the, the sixth round from a smaller school, basically a, a reliever in a smaller school. Yeah. They're trying to develop into a, star, a starter and uh, maybe not on a lot of prospect lists at the start of the year. I think he'll be on everybody's list when the season's over. There's there's another guy on the staff uh, younger than that, but has uh, um, and and not as polished uh, even as Birdsong, uh, and that's 19 year old Garomi Maldonado, who I got to see last year in uh, in the ACL, who obviously has a really big arm, but is still trying to find consistency. The Giants were pretty aggressive in pushing him up to to low A, I thought. Um, but it seems like he's been keeping his head above water at least. So uh, how has he been, you know, managing the, the, the pretty heavy demands of, of being in full season ball at 19? Yeah, it's, it's a big jump. It reminds me a little bit of uh, like Manuel Mercedes last year where uh, players like pitchers in particular, I think with the lack of a short season level, um, yeah, it's a huge jump guys that if we still had Salem Kaiser Mercedes last year and Maldonado this year, they'd probably be at that level and maybe not here until uh, the following season. So a lot is being asked of a, of a 19 year old kid to be a part of this starting rotation. And at least until Reggie Crawford got here last week, you know, Maldonado was the guy, the biggest arm on the staff, the best fastball. I mean, 97, 98 is, uh, is fun to have in your back pocket as a 19 year old starting pitcher. Uh, obviously there's command and refinement, uh, you know, issues where, you know, he's working through that and, and that'll be a, a process for him here over the course of the year, but handles himself really well on the mound. That was something that, uh, Dan Runzler, our pitching coach brought up almost the, the first thing he mentioned when, when we first uh, talked about Maldonado it wasn't about the stuff, but just his composure out there. He feels like he's beyond his years 
with with Joe's out there on the mound. And, you know, he had a stretch there a couple of weeks ago where he was really struggling to to throw strikes, made an adjustment. I guess he just kind of tweaked a little something about where he was on the rubber and kind of his starting point. And his last two starts, he has just been locked in. So uh, when you're already showing the ability and are willing to make those kinds of uh, of adjustments and you're coachable and you, you listen, I mean, that that's that's have already at, at 19 years old. So there'll be some bumps in the road as a young kid at this sure. level, going up against a lot of experienced players and college guys that are three, four years older than him. But uh, an exciting, exciting young arm that I think a lot of people will be talking about much more maybe in the next year or two. Yeah, and it is exciting to hear that a kid that young can make those kind of adjustments. I, I've just been impressed that, I, you know, there have been a maybe a start here or there where really the, the wheels come off the wagon and he can't get out of it. But it's felt like for the most part, he's been able to kind of battle his way through uh, fairly impressively. Uh, well, you brought up Manuel Mercedes, who's who's kind of an obvious comp, um, and his his start last year um, was very difficult. Uh, the the strides he has made this year seem really remarkable to me. Like he he is not comparable to the guy he was a year ago. It seems like is that right? Yeah. Oh, completely. Uh, without a doubt, the most improved player uh, on this team from from last year's group and look i think it was a little overwhelming for him yeah you know being 19 at this level being a part of that piggyback system so he's a starter all year essentially and um you know pitching in front of people we talk about that how these young these young kids that come up from from the complex league and it's another deal under the lights uh with a couple thousand people in the crowd and uh and maybe it got to him a little bit, you know, his, his command wasn't great. He walked a lot of people. It was something like seven nine innings. <laughs> you could start to see him at the end of last year. It felt like the game was finally starting to slow down for him a little bit. And then obviously he he's hit the ground running this year to where he's to, to trust his stuff and trust his movement because I mean, it, it is a, a lively mid nineties sinker to where he can just keep pounding the zone with that sinker. And I know he's not getting as many strikeouts this year, but he hardly allows any kind of solid, solid contact. I mean, it, it he, he's throwing strikes with that sinker consistently, uh, just letting these hitters pound the ball. And he's cut his walk down significantly. So it's been fun to watch that improvement. I think it's always one of the great stories, you know, being around a minor league team on a daily basis is when you watch a, a player, whether it be a hitter or a pitcher, take those big strides developmentally. And, you know, it's not it's not always automatic. And and sometimes it can take a while, especially with a younger player. But uh, to see him make that kind of improvement has really been fun to watch and been a short season level maybe he goes through some of those growing pains last year at that level and, yeah. and how he's here where he should be is, is still just a 20 year old and we'd be talking about him more as one of the top pitching prospects in the organization i feel like not a lot of people are referencing him in that sense because they look at what he did last year so i would i would lean more towards what he's showing this year and uh and maybe could put himself in a position to get a call up at some point before the year is over 
Yeah, I mean, you you reference his 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 walks per nine. He's uh, he he's up at the top of the league this year. He's jumped from the bottom to the top. You don't see pitchers of, of any age make make improvements that dramatically in their control and their and their walk rate too often. So that's you know tremendously impressive and and all to his credit. Um, uh, and my zoom is flashing the running out of time, please upgrade uh, message at me. So we'll, we'll kind of rapid fire through a couple of last questions. I, I, who, who am I missing? There's obviously been a lot of other fun arms on this staff. Uh, Lee and Simon, who was looking great in spring when I saw him, uh, is on the uh, IL now, but, uh, he started out great. Jack Choate has been an interesting story. Um, what other guys sort of beyond the ones we've talked about specifically have, uh, have jumped out and really impressed you? Yeah, Simon, for sure. Uh, uh, for me, I think he and Birdsong, um, you know, after after Wisenhunt, you know, were, were really the, the the big name pitchers on this staff. Unfortunate that he has the arm injury and uh, it sounds like he'll be out for a while. But but it, it was a, a mid to sometimes even upper 90s fastball. And I think with Liam Simon, you know, he was a reliever in college at Notre Dame right. and and, you know, ran into a lot of walk issues. And it, it sounded like and this happens at the college level sometimes you go out there as a reliever you walk the first hitter or two and then and you know it kind of kills your confidence and that that's not how they operate of course uh here in a, a development league at the single a level so he's just got a chance to kind of let loose and, and show what he can do and the giants are trying to develop him as a starter uh too bad that he's not healthy right now or or he might be knocking on the door as a, a top 10 or 15 jack choates intriguing you know six eight lefty very deceptive Low 90s, I think the Giants believe he'll even add some fastball velocity, really good changeup, and uh, is, is developing that slider. Big strikeout guy. I mean, that ball gets on you in a hurry. So, yeah, those are two arms. You know, the bullpen might not have that uh, Randy Rodriguez or, or Jose Cruz, you know, reliever, where at the end of the year, you got a guy on the 40-man roster from San Jose's bullpen. I'm not sure we're going to see that for a third straight, <laughs> straight year. I mean, that's a really high bar to reach. Um but uh, Tyler Vogel's been real good, and he he's hitting 97 now, and is is starting to throw a changeup a lot more often to to complement 96, 97. So that that's an intriguing late inning arm for me as well. It's it's an exciting staff. I know the organization is being really really careful with innings and pitches, and most guys have been on that four inning limit. Maybe they'll start to stretch about a little bit more here as we get into the middle part of the year. But, uh, uh, when we do see them in these kind of short bursts. Uh, it, it is a group and a lot of things that. Yeah. You talk about Choate's velocity. I think in his last outing, I heard you say he, he, he hit like 94, 95, which was, I, I'm sure the, the highest he's got up to this year. Uh, that's a, he's a fun guy to watch cause he's, he's very tall and angular, but he comes from this low slot. It's, it's the giants like funky looks off the mound. Uh, and, and he's definitely, he's definitely filling that, that gap for this team. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll also mention Will Kempner is a guy who uh, oh yeah rotation the third round pick out of Gonzaga, and they they took him out of the rotation not because he was struggling really. It looked like to get they'd love to get his walk total down a little bit, but they just they they view him maybe more as a reliever where he's got that premium kind of sidearm mid to even upper ninety stuff perhaps the 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 sinker slider and and from that angle pitching in these shorter bursts out of the bullpen think he could move really quickly through the system. So uh, yeah. just kind of adapting that new role as a, a late inning reliever could be another. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he is. He is a guy who does look like he moved fast. Uh, well, uh, the Giants have been kind of taking care of business against their closest rivals. Um, looks like they are close to wrapping up a playoff. How much longer is the first half going? Uh, how close are they to actually uh, clinching their their ticket to to September? Yeah, it, it's looking good right now. They they've been in first place for about a month. The first half ends on June twenty second. So uh, less than three weeks away now. And uh, and the Giants, you know, they, they've been kind of in that five to seven game lead range the last little while. And and uh, those last couple of weeks, they don't have any games against the teams that are trying to catch them. So they are they are clearly in the driver's seat. Uh, the last homestand of the first half there in mid-June, they're going to play Rancho Cucamonga, the Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers. South division. Uh, that'll be a big series with, with yeah. both teams fighting it out in their own divisions. Uh, and they've been the two best teams in the league. So it's always fun when the Quakes come into town and and maybe that'll be a, a clinching week uh, uh, for the Giants. Get your get your tickets now and uh, and get ready yeah. for some playoff tickets. Uh, Joe, as always, I, I, I'm uh, very grateful that you could take some time and, and talk some Giants baseball with us, some little Giants baseball. Um, what's your schedule coming up? When are we going to see you on the, on the big Giants uh, side again? Yeah, it's been great this year. I'm on almost every road trip uh, this season. Sometimes not for the entire trip. Sometimes I just meet them halfway. But uh, I've got the Rockies series in June. I've got the Cardinals series coming up on the next road trip. Uh, so it, it, it's a lot of time up there. And and I love busy. So when I'm not there, I want to be here and call <laughs> in a game wherever I'm at. <laughs> well, I love it. I love following you and, and hearing you on both broadcasts. So uh, uh, keep on doing what you're doing. It is really fun to watch your career go and listen to you describe uh, the kids' careers go. Um, we're all keeping an eye on them. And uh, of course, if anyone wants to 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 follow their progress in, in written form, of course, you can subscribe to theirgiants.com where I wrap up the, uh, the daily happenings around the farm system every day um uh, more or less in many thousands of words as is my want <laughs> <laughs> and of course we'll be back on the podcast next week thanks so much joe i appreciate your time yeah anytime thanks roger was there ever any doubt? and as the spotlight